Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week we're talking about Pride in Star Wars. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. So before we get started, let's ask a question to get to know us a Ourselves. little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> so we can understand who we are before we get into this discussion about this discussion. This discussion. Yes. Cool. It's a discussion, but it's dusk right now. The sun's going down, and so it's a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That'll catch on. <laughs> so let's. What's the something that you are most proud of? I. I'm not sure. It's kind of hard. Okay. I think. I think something that I'm proud of is that I have come from not the greatest functional background, but despite that, I think I've tried really hard to not perpetuate dysfunctional patterns. Obviously, I don't always succeed at that, but I've tried really hard and I've put in a lot of work for that. Mm. And I think being in high school asking my mom if I can go to therapy like taking those sort of actions I think I am I am proud that yeah I've I've prioritized that I guess Hmm, that's great yeah something I admire about you thank you Hmm. what about you I am probably most proud in my life of the model United Nations conferences that I helped to host and to organize so I started kind of as a student uh, when I was in community college, and it was a high school conference. So because of a, a leadership role that I was kind of thrust into with the Model United Nations Club on campus, I basically became the head of this conference that hosted hundreds of students every year. And for years, I, I was really kind of the, the lead organizer for it. And even beyond that, I helped out with other kinds of assistance. Trained me how to do it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and training other people how to help organize such a conference, and also training the students themselves. Model United Nations, for those who are unfamiliar, is something that's like a speech and debate, but everyone takes on the role of a country within the UN, and it can have some interesting, like, procedural aspects to it, and so it's very difficult to understand without, under- without like, really having experienced it before. And so we really committed to going out and teaching the students in our community for free how to do this thing so that they came in prepared so they could have the best uh, opportunity they could and the best experience they could. And that Mm -hmm. is something that I I really loved doing. It was the first real teaching that I did. And so over the years, I have personally trained over like a thousand students. I also think it's a really interesting like collaborative, deliberative way of looking at worldwide issues and looking at them mm-hmm. from other perspectives than just our kind of American perspective in particular. And I think that that is really where where the strengths of when I've been a leader and where I've been an organizer have shown through best are in that kind of, of work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, why don't we go into Pride and Star Wars? Okay. So, we have a quote to start us out. Mm -hmm. It comes from Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And basically, Padme has had assassination attempts and pretty much has to go into hiding. And she's not too keen on the idea of just kind of abandoning what she had been working so hard for politically. And so then Anakin has some words for her. Mm. 
Sometimes we have to let go of our pride and do what is requested of us. Considering that the words Anakin often has for people, especially her, this is actually a good one. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> this is one of Anakin's lines that actually are, are good ones. And I appreciate it. And I expect that he is reciting something that he has been told many times. <laughs> <laughs> something that Obi-Wan told him. <laughs> absolutely. But it is, I think, a really, a really good quote. And I think it's an interesting lesson, too, because cause Padme, you know, she wants to stay because she is working on this resolution to stop people from militarizing, right? Mm-hmm. And she is having to flee because she has been violently attacked. And so, like, she is working mm-hmm. to stop violence. And she is upset because they are essentially allowing violence to... Win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that is... I can understand how frustrating that would be. Do I think that she should have gone to hiding? Not necessarily. But I, I think that... I, here, I don't necessarily think that it was pride keeping her there. I think it could have been more of her ideology that was keeping her there, right? She needs to fight for something that is important to fight for. Mm-hmm. But would her staying and getting assassinated be better for all of her people and better for all of the, the work she could do or not? You know, it's like yeah. there are different questions of, yeah, motivations and efficacy and all of that. Totally. So, yeah. Just saying, because because it is a good quote, but at the same time, I tend to lean towards Padme as the one who knows what they're doing. In I don't this know binary. why you would ever think that. <laughs> but something that I do think is kind of interesting about the quote is that it says like you have to let go hmm. of your pride because it just kind of gives me this imagery of like holding on to something like kind of like tight-fisted just trying to hold on to this thing for ourselves but we have to like open our hand and like that's kind of like a humble act and it's the opposite of pride yeah i like that so why don't you share a character Okay, so when thinking about pride in Star Wars, I, funnily enough, thought about Anakin Skywalker. What? <laughs> because I, I think it's it's interesting the idea of pride as something that is something that you take joy in excelling in, mm-hmm. and I don't know th- of that many characters that really have that much pride. You know, there's plenty of comp- characters that are competent and confident, and even that that are overconfident but it's not always pride it's not this kind of joy or or enjoyment out of being good at something Mm -hmm. but anakin's got that in spades you know (laughs) woohoo this is pod racing like (laughs) you know uh, all the way up through like you know he, he gets angry with the fact that he's not offered the title master when he's getting onto the council and mm-hmm. it's so much tied to what he can do and, and that is so much of what what him and obi-wan's relationship is is obi-wan trying to tell him not to just go off and do things on his own and he you know eventually learns that that's not a good idea when he loses his hand or both of them even from to count dooku right it's just one of them at that point I think it's just one of them I at think that it's point. Just one of them. Just one. Then he loses. He's lost so much. It's both of them track. later when he gets also lit on fire, because again. No, no, he kept he kept one when he was lit on fire. I thought he kept one leg, but he lost one leg and. No, because he like hand. pulled himself up a little bit with uh, it, but it was right, like he right. kept his robotic hand. That's what it was. He kept yeah. a hand, but he lost another hand and two legs. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> I knew he lost three limbs. Let me put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But yes, yeah, so, so, and I mean, they're obviously, that is an example also of, of their overconfidence and pride of him thinking that he has saved the galaxy. He says, I have brought order to my empire, my new empire, you know, <laughs> not even like the emperor's, like his. And he shows so much pride in what he thinks he is going to do for things. And and again, I think that that is a more compelling version of the character than a lot of times we even see in the movies, where if we saw it of like someone who is trying to bring order in and trying to to do what is right for the galaxy, which we don't really see a lot of, or as much as I'd like to have seen. But there I think that that pride, I could see more of, of it, pride in building something like the Empire. Obviously a, a not good pride, you know, <laughs> but uh, a pride nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It does seem like he has this underlying pride. So then when anything happens, he treats it as like a personal win it's like what did you actually do to help set up this empire Mm -hmm. not really anything you were fighting against it basically all you did was kill a bunch of children Mm -hmm. and so it's just like um you didn't really do much most of the time you didn't even know what was going on Mm -hmm. but as soon as you're involved it's like i have done this He's so used to the pride. It's just when anything can stroke that ego, he's just, he's all in. He really is, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you see it following through with Darth Vader? That is a very good question. I think that there's some element of that. I think that especially in episode four, where he is saying that now he is the master and even his, his, discussions with the other imperials where he's saying the force is stronger than technology Mm -hmm. i have more power than you do and you know we don't see any facial expressions but i can imagine him taking a kind of joy in being able to choke someone to death and 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 show his superiority to someone who themselves is proud and is overconfident And, and that's almost a slight to him the fact that the death star is almost a a rival to his power, how the Emperor would so fear and control over the galaxy. It's that's Vader's job. And so this reliance on that technology is an affront to him and his own pride. And mm. so he has to violently respond to that. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I haven't either. It just came to me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, what's your plot that you brought in? So... My plot is about Sith. Mm. The idea that there's only one master and one apprentice, I feel like is super prideful. Mm. Because first, you have the fact that over and over again, there's just this pattern of, oh, well, eventually the apprentice kills the master. Eventually it happens. And what, do these masters just keep thinking that they're going to be the exception to this rule like they'll be able to tell they'll be able to stop it they could destroy this apprentice and get like a (laughs) new one because it keeps happening right Mm -hmm. but they're so prideful they think like oh yeah this is fine i don't have anything to worry about and then secondly they also think that like two people can overthrow the galaxy like (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the epitome of prideful. And sure, maybe it like kind of sort of semi happens for like a couple decades, but even so, the whole galaxy was not under control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that they think that they can do that instead of just actually training more people, getting more apprentices, starting their own schools for it, then they actually could take over the galaxy. But I feel like it's part of their pride and like their maybe elitism. Basically, I want the one best apprentice I could have. I don't need a lot. I just need the one best one. It's this elite status. There aren't multiple Sith Lords. I am that one. And ultimately, it makes them never really be able to sustain their power. Huh. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think that's a really, really great read on the Sith in the movies. But for me, coming from someone who knows some of the expanded knowledge (laughs) of video games, books, and things like that, the expanded knowledge of the Sith is actually almost the opposite. Hmm. It's that the pride came first. And the reason they created the rule of two is because they were all so proud and so determined to be the one Sith Lord or the greatest Sith Lord that they were warring to a place that they were destructive against themselves more than they were in their fight against the Jedi. Hmm. So their pride wrought self-destruction. And thus, they created this rule of two where that way there will always be one master and one apprentice and the point was always for the apprentice to eventually eclipse the master because that shows that the apprentice is now stronger so the next apprentice will only eclipse the master when they are then stronger. Why would the Sith Lord want to do that? So they themselves wouldn't want to do it, but the ideology wants to do that. But, I mean, that's the thing. Is, They're is like, that, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's, that's the interesting thing is because they, they are also promised themselves infinite power, right? The power to fight death, the power to do these things that are that you could never do outside in the galaxy. And this is not only a route to power, but this is a way of you perhaps being, like you saying, the pride of you being the one who either takes over the galaxy or you being the one who your apprentices never get more powerful than you do, so they can never overpower you. But then that is just so ideological because many of the Sith Lords don't abide by the rule of two completely and they mm-hmm. don't get taken down by their apprentice in a one-on-one fight that shows power, right? So mm-hmm. Sidious, he killed Darth Plagueis, his, his master, by poisoning him. Not by like <laughs> fighting him, right? And so didn't expect that exactly. Did you? So there, it's it's not showing power; it's showing cunning, you yeah. know. And then Sidious also, while Plagueis was still alive, recruited Darth Maul, and Darth Maul was not part of the two, right? There mm-hmm. was three then, and then in further expanded things, Sidious gains other apprentices even while he has Vader, or Vader starts training other Force users while that Sidious doesn't know about. So there's always these mm-hmm. other kinds of things going on as well that, that shows that, yeah, the rule of two is about pride. And it's ne- and because they are so proud, that is also not something that's going to allow them to, to really function well. But on the other hand, they did take over the galaxy. So I guess it did do something. Sort of. After like 2,000 years though. So Yeah. <laughs> and again, a lot of that was because the Jedi were themselves so corrupt. And even in that takeover, they never were able to get all systems under their control without resistances and and whatnot. Yeah. What do they do? Do they, like, send out some personality tests and whoever, like, tests highest in pride, they're like, that one, 
that one will be my apprentice. I mean, I'm guessing for them, they're like, the force has brought me to you, right? So when when uh, Plagueis was on Naboo and he met someone who he f- sent the force into. I, I, I was just joking. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. I guess let's go into our compelling questions. <laughs> what question do you have for me? Pride in our society mm-hmm. is often used, especially in the more positive ways, in regards to pride of an identity, and especially an oppressed identity, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so LGBTQ pride is a good example of that, right? For sure. Do you see any of that kind of pride in the realm of Star Wars, that beneficial positive pride? Huh. Interesting. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. I mean, it seems like the underground underground industries and communities maybe have some pride in the fact that yeah they're doing things that are technically against the empire Mm -hmm. i don't know that we we don't see it in quite that same way of like because obviously when something's underground you're not gonna like advertise it with big events or (laughs) different things uh you might not even tell other people um let's see I'm not sure. Nothing else is coming to mind right now. What were you thinking? The one that I thought was would be kind of an interesting way of looking at that is Boba Fett's use of Mandalorian armor. Hmm. Because Jango Fett was Mandalorian, and so he was able to, to take that armor and, and use that as because he was trained as a Mandalorian warrior. But Boba Fett, he was just a clone of a Mandalorian, right? And so mm-hmm. where does that kind of pride come in? Is he proud of being his father's son or his clone's clone (laughs) or is he proud clone child yes is he proud of being in some way from bloodlines of mandalore right Mm -hmm. or is he just using this because it's sick armor (laughs) there's that yeah but it's just an interesting kind of way of looking at those things of of, especially in understanding how mandalore fares in the wars of episodes two and three right mm-hmm. where it becomes oppressed by the empire right like they are fighting for independence in ways that are super nationalistic and super militaristic but eventually they get taken over just like anyone else and they have to deal with the yoke of the imperial regime and how that might be Wait, that was in episode two and three uh, no, it wasn't in the movies, but oh, like uh, in the expanded stuff, okay. we like know like that the in the Wars. war of the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay. I was just like, no. did in, I miss in, whole chunks of something? In the Clone Wars, Mandalore, I, as far as I understand, is ultimately conquered by the Empire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, or what becomes the Empire. And so, hmm. for such a kind of proud nationalistic people, I wonder if Boba Fett's armor is a kind of sign of that. But that really was kind of, yeah, the, the only time I, I saw that as something other than maybe Rose's ring in episode eight that they give to the kid mm-hmm, where that mm-hmm. like that obviously has a political connotation as well. For sure. But, you know, this thing that you are wearing to show your pride and your belonging in a certain way and that you can pass along and that pride can be symbolically passed along as well. Mm-hmm. I guess not that I really enjoy talking about them i think the gungans Mm. i think they showed some of that when they decided to 
kind of join with the rest of Naboo to resist the the droid army. The fact that they came out with their own things and like, yeah, I think they kind of showed some of their culture and like, you know. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. And I, then, mean, I mean, I don't the, the really last... mind them in general. It's just Jar Jar that needs to know. <laughs> the last shot of that movie is Boss Nass holding up that big old globe. Yep. yep. Na, 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 na. What? The song that they're all singing is like, na, 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 na. It's like everyone's dancing to it. It's not a good song. Is, is that how that That's song how it goes. goes? Na, 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 na. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we better move on before <laughs> more terrible things happen. So my compelling question for you is, what would you like to see coming up for Poe's character, considering his pride issues in The Last Jedi? Ooh, interesting. Now I get to create? Yeah. I get to create in this space? Hmm. I would for sure like to see Poe take a backseat to... Women. Women, yeah. To <laughs> female leaders and actually listen to what they say. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be great. And it would to be learn, nice for oh, other I don't people, know what I'm doing. Poe. Yes. Like men. Yeah. I imagine, I think that, that one of the more powerful things they could do is for him to ultimately sacrifice himself for the resistance. Mm. But I think that, yeah, when we look at like who is in charge and who is making decisions and how they make those decisions. I would like to see him really affected by how much he messed up in episode eight, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and learning from those lessons. Because I think that that is one of the, the strongest parts of that movie is the way that they deal with Poe being a skilled member of an army. Because so much of Star Wars has been about just the skilled people. Mm-hmm. It's been about Luke does this, Leia does this, Han does this. But... If we're looking at a resistance, we're looking at a movement, Poe is a member of that, and he's a skilled member of that, but I like the idea of him learning, as we as an audience learn, that movements are not won by individuals, right? Mm -hmm. They are won by getting people together and building collaborative coalitions that are going to work together, and I would love to see Poe really learning how to defer to others and focus on collaborating and work focus on building coalitions instead of focusing on being a real good pilot mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree because i think that sure i would not do well in a military setting yes <laughs> true for like twenty thousand reasons but one of those reasons is that I do have a hard time just receiving orders, mm-hmm. not questioning them, and not necessarily knowing why, right? That's not something I do well. But that is the uh, structure that the resistance has. And sometimes, like, again, in a resistance setting, not necessarily a military setting, a resistance one where, yeah, they are doing military things, but it's not a nationalistic thing. It, it, it's a throwing off the oppressive overlord thing, right? Mm. And so I think that as a young, not super, super experienced person versus someone who's had a decade or more years fighting this, for that person to just demand answers and expect to know and be privy to everything 
all of the plans and the logistics and what's happening, I think is extremely prideful, particularly when you were not left in power Mm -hmm. and you were specifically not given that role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people can criticize like, oh, well, she should have said that she had a plan or this or that. But like, I mean, they did that for the movie. So you didn't know what was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But also, I think... Like, there's something to be said for, who knows, there could have been spies on their own ship that maybe if you have one plan and this is the only plan to get out of this situation, you're not just going to go randomly tell a bunch of people and people who are, like, way lower ranking than Mm -hmm. you. Like, that's just not necessarily a wise thing to do, right? And so for him to just be so prideful and just assume he knows better and that he'll have this other plan and, like, do this other plan and literally it causes so many people to die, like, the rebellion or the resistance to basically be decimated. Mm -hmm. And I would really like to see him struggle with the ramifications of that and also own up to what led him to do those things and Mm. what assumptions he was making and and that actually affect his character in ways where maybe he won't take the big main lead role in what they're gonna do but would hang back because if it's just uh oh well he had this one week moment and then he learned from it and now he is this fantastic leader like that doesn't happen overnight Mm. and I think people do need to take a beat and, like, think about everything if they actually want to grow. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose we should go on to our missed opportunities. Yeah. What did you find missing? I would have loved to really see a bit more discussion about how the fall of the Republic was due in large part to the pride of the Jedi. Because I'm kind of taking mine, but that's cool. We can, just, <laughs> we can discuss. All right, let's do it. Because yeah, I think I think that the Jedi were so confident and so proud in their place, in mm-hmm. doing things the way they've done it for thousands of years, in claiming to be the arbiters of justice for the universe. <laughs> what a claim to make! Yeah, that that is something that I think is is just awful and and frankly they go to war as part of that they are generals in this war because they are they, they understand there's a plot i guess but at the same time they should recognize that there are systems that choose to be independent and they are essentially at least in ideo- ideology fighting against those who are wishing for independence wishing yeah. for self-rule and just because they think they know what's best in regards to some wider Sith plot, which they do not know. They're playing into that wider Sith plot. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that 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 pride is there, and I would have loved to see something about Obi-Wan and Yoda sitting down and talking about how they failed and talking about where they went wrong. Mm. You know, I would love Mm -hmm. to see Yoda in episode six and five talking about how he's not training anyone because he failed at doing so mm-hmm. because the old ways aren't working you know i think that, that that was one of the things i also liked about episode eight is them you know burning these books or the uh, po- the possibility of burning these books well, or whatever they didn't burn yeah. the books. <laughs> but symbolically moving past 
the idea of what was Mm -hmm. because what was was problematic yeah yeah absolutely because when people want independence even if it's to their downfall going to war over it having so many thousands or millions of people die when you're supposed to be the peacekeepers just seems so counter to their their mission and their goal and their tenets mm-hmm. and i think it, it's trying to force something to happen in in some ways allowing them to be kind of like this political tyrannical arm that reaches out into any system that doesn't want to be a part of the main power hold of the galaxy and yeah i think the fact that they just are like yeah i guess we've done these things this way and this is the only way that's right and it keeps failing and people keep turning to the dark side and you know we lose people like ahsoka tano Mm -hmm. but like we're just gonna keep doing our thing like this and I understand that they were stretched really thinly and they were things were happening all over the place that they would constantly be sending little groups of Jedi out to deal with. And so I think it is kind of hard when when that's the case. But yeah, there should at least be some cautionary advice or something to future generations of Jedi mm. being like, these are the things that we made mistakes on and these are the things that you should really be conscious of as as you go forward but yeah we didn't really get to see that yeah yeah absolutely can't leave it to skywalker to just like figure it out on his own any skywalker really mm, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> except technically leia but she's an organa that's so. exactly <laughs> <laughs> she did not have the same nurture thankfully no, no. well What's your takeaway on pride in Star Wars? Hmm. I guess my takeaway would be to, as uncomfortable as it would be, kind of look at myself in that position of the Jedi. Like, am I just doing things that I think is the best way? And, like, I hold so strong into this, but it just blinds me, you know? to how my pride is causing me not to listen to others or not not be as aware or compassionate or whatever it is i think even people can have the best intentions but if they're not self-critical and they're not evaluating and and really reflecting on it kind of taking a step back and look at you from the outside i think yeah, it is really easy to kind of just fall into a rhythm of pride without mm. it being like a super active thing. Yeah, I like that. A rhythm of pride is really good. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag rhythm of pride. Hashtag rhythm of pride. <laughs> That's going to go trending. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what about you? What's your takeaway? I think my takeaway is in, in this kind of discussion towards the end about like ideas of independence and breaking away, even if it's not for your best interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh it reminded me of Brexit. Yeah, right. <laughs> the idea of people who, or at least some people who want to break away from cooperative, larger bodies for kind of more independent sovereignty. And how, for Brexit, I mean, I think it's it's 
not a good idea from what I've seen. It sounds like it'll be disastrous. Yes. <laughs> but then for like when Catalan did this mm-hmm. a year or two ago, I was much more sympathetic mm-hmm. to that. And so maybe being more critical on both sides of like, yeah. where am I standing? Is this political or am I looking at things yeah, in, in an objective way or in a, a way that is true to what I've, I've seen in other cases? I think a big factor to take into consideration when thinking about those things is who's in the position of power. Mm. Like if you're in the position of power and you want to break away because you don't want, you know, foreigners here or, you know, whatever it is, you're in the position of power and you want to break away for your own self-interest, right? Versus you're not in the position of power and those in the position of power aren't acknowledging your own unique ideas, culture, your own desires for governing in a different way. Yeah, I think power is something to definitely keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, so wise. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Well, I think we're going to wrap things up. So can you look up for us what we'll be discussing next week? Sure. So we're going to be talking about Harry Potter next Mm -hmm. week. And our topic is going to be shame. Oh, shame in Harry Potter. Harry Potter is so rich. I'm sure we're going to find such amazing things. I'm very excited for that. Yes. Things that both characters felt shame over and things that they should have felt (laughs) shame over. This this is you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm excited for that. Definitely. Also, we did have a cool little comment I thought that we could share. Uh, And it was on our Instagram feed from Lacelet in in response to after she listened to our episode on Star Wars in regards to loss. Hmm. And so she said, Loved your point on how Star Wars characters don't really deal with their loss. I find it so interesting that many characters make huge decisions based on their fear of loss. Luke rushing to his friends even though he knows it's a trap, Anakin turning to the dark side, etc. In some ways, the intensity of their fear of loss makes a little sense in the context of the fact that none of them know how to deal with loss in healthy ways. There really aren't examples of processing, coping, or healing, which would be so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in response, I had written to her, I was like, yeah, I really only remember a response to loss. Like, the only person is Rose that actually, like, Mm. cries over it and is kind of secluded herself and is is trying to cope, you know? And that we see her journey doing that, yeah. Yeah, but even that, it was there at the beginning, but we don't really see it again. It would be great if it comes back in this next movie or something, but because, like, if you lose a sibling, you lose a parent, you lose a partner, you know, whatever it is, like, that's going to stay with you for a long time slash forever absolutely yeah um but we don't even see them really torn up about it yeah yeah well thank you so much to lacelet for that very insightful comment absolutely you can have comments (laughs) (laughs) yes you can comment on our facebook instagram or twitter by searching for geek between the lines or you can send us an email at geekbetween at gmail.com. Uh, that's a great way of sending us your own insightful comments that we'd love to hear and we'd 
be happy to read on our show as well. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo, which we are big fans of. Absolutely. Uh, as we are also fans of her other designs, which you can find at lacelet.com or by searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Twitter. As always, we'd love for you to leave a rating, a review, and to tell a friend. It's the best way for us to get new listeners. We are hearing from some of you new listeners that are reaching out to us, and it's so great to hear from you. It's really, really exciting, and uh, and anytime that you tell a friend or, or get someone interested, it really means a ton to us. So so thank you very much for those who've done that so far, and for, for all of those who are catching up or who are, are, are you know sending this to your friends, please, please, please continue to do so. With that, I think we're going to end this week. Until next week, geek out. out!